कहानी कैफे कहानी कैफे कहानी वाला रजत के साथ वेल हेलो लेडीज एंड जेंटलमैन किड्स बॉयज एंड गर्ल्स आई एम योर स्टोरी टेलर कहानी वाला रजत एंड दिस इज आर स्टोरी पॉडकास्ट मैकमिलन एजुकेशन प्रेजेंट्स कहानी कैफे सो नाउ वील बी कमिंग अप with some new fresh stories by some writers which we haven't covered in any of our episodes till now also we'll be coming up with some stories in various regional indian languages for now today's story is called two dear written by leo tolstoy tolstoy was a russian novelist a profound social and moral thinker he was one of the greatest writers of realistic fiction of all the time He was born in 1828 in Russia into the family of a noble landowner. He studied languages and law. He soon became dissatisfied with the formal study and in 1847 he left the university without a degree. Later he joined the army. Then he returned to St Petersburg in 1856 and got involved in the education of peasants. As a author his three great novels are War and Peace, Anna Karenina and Resurrection. Today's story Two Dear is a profound social satire on the bureaucratic system of Tolstoy's time. A person accused and tried for murder proves too costly for the crown prince and his treasury. To save cost, they want the accused to run away. But he refuses to do so. Let's listen to this very humorous and unique kind of a story. Near the borders of France and Italy on the shore of the Mediterranean Sea lies a tiny little kingdom called Monaco. Many a small country town can boast more inhabitants than this kingdom for there are only about 7000 of them and if all the land in the kingdom were divided there would not be an acre for each inhabitant. But in this toy kingdom there is a real kinglet and he has a palace and courtiers and ministers and a bishop and generals and an army it is not a large army only 60 men in all but still it is an army there are also taxes in this kingdom as elsewhere a tax on tobacco and on wine and spirits and a poll tax but though the people there drink and smoke as people do in other countries there are so few of them that the prince would have been hard put to it to feed his courtiers and officials and to keep himself if he had not found a new and special source of revenue this special revenue comes from a gaming house where people play roulette people play and whether they win or lose the keeper always gets a percentage on the turnover and out of his profits he pays a large sum to the prince The reason he pays so much is that it is the only such gambling establishment left in Europe. Some of the little German sovereigns used to keep gaming houses of the same kind, but some years ago they were forbidden to do so. The reason they were stopped was because these gaming houses did so much harm. A man would come and try his luck and then he would risk all he had and lost it. Then he would even risk money that de- that did not belong to him and lose that too. and then in despair he would drown or shoot himself so the germans forbade their rulers to make money in this way but there was no one to stop the prince of monaco and he remained with the monopoly of the business so now everyone who wants to gamble goes to monaco whether they win or lose the prince gain it. the prince gains by it you can't earn stone palaces by honest labor you know as the proverb says 
and the kinglet of Monaco knows it that it is a dirty business. But what he is to do? He has to live. And to draw revenue from drink and from tobacco is also not a nice thing. So he lives and rhymes and rakes in the money and holds his court with all the ceremony of a real king. He has his coronation, his levels, his rewards, sentences and he pardons people too. And he also has his reviews, councils, laws and court of justice just like other kings only on a smaller scale. Now it happened a few years ago that a murder was committed in the domain of this toy prince. The people of that kingdom are peaceable and such a thing had not happened before. The judges assembled with much ceremony and tried the case in the most judicial manner. There were judges and prosecutors and jurymen and barristers. They argued and judged and at last they condemned directs. So far so good. Next they submitted the sentence to the prince. The prince read the sentence and confirmed it. If the fellow must be executed, execute him. There was only one hitch in that matter. And that was that they had neither a guillotine, the machine for cutting heads off, nor an executioner, the person who will do so. The ministers considered the matter and decided to address an inquiry to the French government, asking whether the French could lend them a machine and an expert to cut off the criminal's head. And if so, would the French kindly inform them what it would cost? The letter was sent. A week later, the reply came. A machine and an expert could be supplied and the cost would be 16,000 francs. This was laid before the king. He thought over it. 16,000 francs? The wretch is not worth the money, said he. Can't it be done somehow cheaper? Why? 16,000 francs is more than 2 francs ahead on all the population. The people won't stand it and it may cause a riot. So a council was called to consider what could be done and it was decided to send a similar inquiry to the king of Italy. The French government is republican and has no proper respect for kings. But the king of Italy was a, a monarch and he might be induced to do the things cheaper. So the letter was written and a prompt reply was received. The Italian government wrote that they would have pleasure in supplying both machine and an expert and the whole cost would be 12,000 francs, including travel expenses. This was cheaper but it still seemed too much. The rascal was really not worth the money. It would still mean nearly 2 francs more per head on the taxes. Another council was called. They discussed and considered how it could be done with less expense. Could not one of the soldier perhaps be got to do it in a rough and homely fashion? The general was called and was asked, Can't you find us a soldier who would cut the man's head off? In war they don't mind killing people, right? In fact that is what they are trained for. So the general talked it over with the soldiers to see whether one of them would undertake the job. But none of the soldiers would do it. No, they said. We don't know how to do it. It is not a thing we have been taught. What was to be done? Again the ministers considered and reconsidered. They assembled a commission and a committee and a subcommittee and at last they decided that the best thing would be to alter the death sentence to one of imprisonment for life. They would enable the prince to show his mercy and it would come cheaper. The prince agreed to this and so the matter was arranged. The only hitch now that there was no suitable prison for a man sentenced for life. There was a small lockup where people were sometimes kept temporarily, but there was no strong prison fit for permanent use. However, they managed to find a place that would do and they put the young fellow there and placed a guard over him. The guard had to watch the criminal and had also to fetch his food from the palace kitchen. The prisoner remained there month after month till a year had passed. But when a year had passed, the kinglet 
looking over the account of the income and expenditure one day noticed a new item of expenditure this was for the keep of the criminal nor was it a small item either there was a special guard and there was also the man's food it came to more than 600 francs a year and the worst of it was that the fellow was still young and healthy and might live for 50 years when one came to reckon it up the matter was serious it would never do so the prince summoned his ministers and said to them you must find some cheaper way of dealing with this rascal the present plan is too expensive and the ministers met and considered and reconsidered till one of them said uh, gentlemen in my opinion we must dismiss the guard but then rejoined another minister but then the fellow will run away <laughs> well the first minister said let him run away and be hanged to him so they reported the result of their deliberations to the kinglet and he agreed with them the guard was dismissed and they waited to see what would happen all that happened was that at the dinner time the criminal came out and not finding his guard he went to the kitchen of the prince to fetch his own dinner he took what was given to him and returned to the prison shut the door and stayed inside next day the same thing occurred he went for his food at the proper time but as for running away he did not show the least sign of it what was to be done they considered the matter again well we shall have to tell him straight out said someone that we do not want to keep him so the minister of justice had him brought before him well why do you not run away said the minister ha huh, there is no guard to keep you you can go wherever you like and and the prince will not mind i dare say the prince would not mind replied the man but i have no where to go what can i do you have ruined my character by your sentence and people will turn their backs on me besides i have got out of the way of working you have treated me badly it is not fair in the first place when once you sentenced me to death you ought to have executed me but you did not do so that's one thing i did not complain about then you sentenced me to imprisonment for life and put a guard to bring me my food but after a time you took him away again and i had to fetch my own food again i did not complain but now you actually want me to go away i can't agree to that you may do as you like but i won't go away what was to be done once more the council was summoned what course could they adopt the man would not go they reflected and considered the only way to get rid of him was to offer him a pension yes you heard it right and so they reported to the prince there is nothing else for it said they we must get rid of him somehow the sum fixed was 600 francs and this was announced to the prisoner well said he well i don't mind so long as you undertake to pay it regularly on that condition i am willing to go so the matter was settled he received one third of his annuity in advance and left the king's dominions it was only a quarter of an hour by rail and he immigrated and settled just across the frontier where he bought a bit of land and started market gardening and now lives comfortably he always goes at the proper time to draw his pension having received it he goes to the gaming tables stakes 2 or 3 francs sometimes wins sometimes loses and then returns home he lives peacefully and very well it is a good thing that he did not commit his crime in a country where they did not grudge expense to cut a man's head off or keep him in prison for life this was a very beautiful satirical and little humorous story by leo tolstoy 
I am your storyteller Kahani Wala Rajat. You can find me on Instagram and all other social media platforms and share your reviews about this podcast. This is Kahani Cafe brought to you by Macmillan Education. Kahani Cafe. Kahani Cafe. Kahani Wala Rajat ke saath. <laughs>